man, I screwed up today. I got up two hours earlier than I usually do, right? And instead of just going back to sleep, I started like playing on my phone, reading stories. Uh oh. Right. Then I went, uh, did like a you know pretty decent cardio session or whatever. And then like by like five o'clock, I'm like, I am so tired. Like you can't just be those two hours. Then I realized like I had a salad for lunch, like pro. Basically, I don't think I ate a fucking carb the whole day. <laughs> Sorry, I hate that. That's an interesting observation, <laughs> sir. Right? It's like, oh, no wonder I'm like dragging ass. Like, maybe we should have thrown in like a scoop of rice with this. Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast starring the tits. Starring the tits. Start. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast episode two twenty six. What's up, with your boy, the Ted Smith? I'll be the host of this here podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me is always my burner buddy. He's always here unless he's somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? The Nikai is up six points. Dow Jones Industrial Average fell fourteen points, and the peso continued its decline over the weekend. Shares the podcast up four and a quarter points as President Trump is rumored to be considering Ted for his latest Supreme Court appointment. Will the coyote have what it takes to pull our nation back from the brink? We'll find out at five. Peso's also still a great song by Asaf Rocky. All right, back to all the wheels of steel. Get the studio all set up. Taking the long way. Going by the waterfront. It's usually the fast way, I swear. <laughs> Matt Comer, the producer of CTV. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Sorry, man. It's I'm all just good. giving you no. a hard time. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually the waterfront's super open, and uh, yeah, the, there was it was not, but it's so beautiful down there. I was like, yeah, I'll text the guys, and like you know, usually I hit traffic in other places, and that's there was also traffic in those places, <laughs> and then there was traffic in the place where it's usually not, but it has the best view on the drive, so. You know, Save it, Matt. Took it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I noticed actually when you texted us both that you were gonna be slightly late. I was like, oh, whatever, no big deal. And then I look, and our uh, the last like three messages in our thread are you like, oh, I'm caught at the Valor Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hit the bridge too today, but I I factor yeah, that in now. You're right. We never reply like, no worries. He just texted. <laughs> <Yeah. out. laughs> if you, you want to know all the times I've been late, just check our messaging thread. <laughs> well dude before that it was downstairs. just always me like making puns about being downstairs oh yeah <laughs> remember that for like two years because yeah. uh, i didn't have a key card to the building so i'd have to text the boys and i would just use like different memes and different like um what was it like people named uh oh shoot i don't remember what it was now like uh yeah anyway there was like dozens of these texts for them to try to get me let come upstairs dude what i was was that name like the waterfront or whatever i remember once on my scooter. i don't know trying to cut through downtown by the stadiums to go play uh, indoor soccer at Arena Sports in Soto. And, like, the traffic is just awful, right? Of course, I haven't checked what's going on. So I'm standing there, and, you know, when you're on the scoot, you can talk to anybody. So I just look over the traffic cop. I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, One Direction's playing the stadium right now. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense why there's so many people. Um, I think the name was you were using different Bobbies and replacing Bobby with Lobby. Oh, that's right, dude. Yeah, and I had like probably fifteen different Bobbies Bobby from Flay. different like movies and stuff. Yeah, and I had like yeah, Bob Barker, Bobby Boucher, and I was always trying to hit you guys with a new one. And at a certain point, after two years, I just ran out. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that man. commitment. Uh, <laughs> so before we start, we we were off last week as a Fourth of July. Is is anybody else thrown off? This midweek holiday is very strange. Yeah. Because, like, people like me took off some time before the 4th and kind of got the holiday in. But I feel like a lot of people took off the Thursday and Friday. At, like, Wednesday is just a weird time for a holiday. And if it was Christmas, I feel like everybody would have had more time. Dude, that, that's exactly what I said. I mean, here's the thing. It's a big enough holiday that you're not going to be working that day. But it's a small enough holiday that you don't get the whole week off. Right. Like Christmas, the week is off. But Fourth of July or like St. Patrick's Day, people are going to work. But Fourth of July is kind of in between. And honestly, I felt like nobody knew what to do. Like <laughs> Next year, it'll be on a Thursday. Boom. Everybody has the whole weekend off. Yeah. Everybody's but, taking yeah, with it being on off. Wednesday. It really effed up people's schedule. Yeah. And I, I say this every year. I might have already said it on this podcast, but like I don't understand. Everything happens at night. Why don't we get the fifth off? Dude. Yeah, Totally. 
right? Like you don't get New Year's Day or you don't get New Year's Eve off. You get New Year's Day off, right? Because everybody knows you're going to stay up late at night for midnight. So it's like fireworks can't happen until it's dark. Like, why don't we treat it like New Year's? Like, hey, you know what? Three o'clock on July 4th, everybody go home, get to your cookouts or whatever. And then uh, you get, you know, you get July 5th off. Dude, that's the thing, though. It is kind of a big like picnic slash barbecue sort of like, uh, you know, Americana type holiday. And so like for us growing up, it was definitely an all day affair. I mean, you go they had like little games in the park by our house. You do like the egg toss and the balloon toss back and forth, three legged race like that straight like Americana type stuff. And so I feel like the the go to for America is like you take the weekend off. So you have some days on either side. It just like with this one Wednesday, man, it just really threw a wrench in the system for everybody. Nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And like, honestly, like I kind of forgot, like, well, everybody knows I go hard in the paint on Canada Day, boy. (laughs) The boys get all gassed up. You know how they are. Uh, So July 4th usually is pretty subdued to me. Plus, Cobb, you might know this now living in Austin, like July 4th, for whatever reason for me is the closest thing to Christmas Day where it's like, you get a little, like, for me, I get a little sad because, like, everybody's family is generally together at some point on the 4th. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't, for whatever reason, July 4th, usually I'm like, by the evening time, like, oh, I'll just chill. But I forgot people go ham. Like, Capitol Hill was so fucking live at night. During the day, it was dead. But, I mean, people were shooting off M80s in the intersection right in front of my house. That's insane. Yes. There's no place to be lighting off M80s. As someone who loves M80s. Matt, it was so loud, right? And, like, I don't know why that little intersection... Well, probably because you could see some of the fireworks from South Lake Union, right? Uh, up there okay. on the hill. But that intersection was constant all night. And, like, people kept coming out and were like, how is that so loud? I'm like, because about every five minutes, people keep coming by to this intersection and doing that. <laughs> um, I worked here Wednesday night. And so I, from the end studio, you can see parts of Lake Union. And I could kind of see... Um, the fireworks, but there's this one building in the way, and I, it's really tall. And I was like, "Man, one building just blocking the view," and it's the building right in front of our old building that decimated the view. Oh, from no kidding! The deck, yeah. Oh man, I was just like, "Fuck you, man!" Just I've never flipped off a building before. And then, it's not that <laughs> building, but there's another building down there. I walked by it the other day that's brand new, and it is ugly. Cobb, you'll agree with me when you uh, when next time you're back, I'll show you. But it is it's ugly, and it's what massive. corner is it on? I'm sure I know it. It's not the new giant hotel, biggest one on the West Coast, is it? Yes, that one on Olive and Eighth, on the it's north got, uh, yeah. like, east corner, almost like Caddy Corner into the Olive Eight. Yeah, yeah, on the northeast corner of. Of all of an eighth? Yeah, I do not do that. Dude, that that thing is massive, man. It's where the old Greyhound station used to be, right? Yeah, it took up like that whole... And it's huge, but it just... It looks so freaking plain, man. That's weird. I used to drive... Yeah, I haven't seen it since it's been under construction. And I haven't driven... I don't think I've driven by that intersection since we moved stations. Yeah, I mean, right. And it's a mess down there. But yeah, Yeah, exactly. I avoided it at all costs. Yeah, I was just walking by it the other day on Monday as I was cutting down to Belltown for an appointment before work. And I was just like, I was like, that thing's big and I'm sure it'll be nice inside. But I'm like, it just aesthetically, it's not very, it's not very pleasing to the eye. Dude, I feel like that's a thing with the U.S. in general and Seattle in particular is like in the U.S. So in a lot of other countries, they try to make their buildings beautiful and kind of make them so they add to the city, you know, and leave some cool aesthetics in the U.S., I feel like they just build the maximum square footage and volumetric footage they can. And so they just – it's a square. You know, it's whatever the plot is, and it just goes up all the way. But, like, in Seattle, especially recently, I feel like even some of the facades and stuff have been pretty weak versus, like, a city like Melbourne, if anyone wants a contrast, or Chicago, where they do these beautiful buildings. And they still take up a lot of the plot, but – Ten out of yeah, ten. So, the one thing I will say about Seattle is there's a couple new ones coming online that are going to look pretty cool. Like the one next to the Rainier Tower, I think will look decent. The one across from your guys' work, the uh, one that F5 is in, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, the and, F5 um, one's dope. You know, the Amazon Spheres. There's a new one uh, over on, let's see, what would that be? Um, Westlake and probably like Denny-ish, like in that little triangle. There's a big oval one that's going to look kind of cool. So, yeah, it does suck, though, when people just build the biggest thing they can build for the money. There's a cool wall on the building that's, like, over that way. I noticed the other morning. It looked super cool as the sun was coming up and, like, bouncing off of it. It's got, like, yeah. these, like, I don't know if they're bricks, but they're, like, different colored rectangles going up. There's, like, a red, like, a maroon and a dark green and some black. and some, 
and it was just a cool pattern. It was, the sun was hitting it, and I was like, huh, I never noticed that before. Yeah, like, uh, you ever seen, like, I don't know, like, old-school comics, like the old-school Batman, like, all the buildings are kind of square. Like, that giant hotel just looks like a, like the, the bottom's a little thicker and then the top, but it's just white, and I don't know, man. It just I'm just like, that doesn't look that cool. I'm sure it'll be a super dope hotel. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like a background type building. I hate when they do that, man. Like, there's such giant, like, beautiful pieces to look at. It, I mean, I'm sure it costs them a lot extra, but they can also command a higher rent if all the buildings look great, you know? I just, it's, I would put up against that. Chicago is an example we have of some beautiful buildings. We have the ability to Melbourne. make some awesome looking buildings. What's that? It's 2018. Like, we have more abilities to make awesome looking buildings than we have at any other point in history. And they're throwing up pieces of shit like that. Well, also oh, dude. The... Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ted. <laughs> you go. Oh, okay. Um, dude, I forgot to mention this awesome building that's going up right by your guys' work. I was look, I was watching the short, like, sort of documentary on it. It's on, I want to say, like, fourth or fifth, but they're putting these, they're, it's like a skyscraper. If you lifted the skyscraper off the ground by about uh, 150 feet, so they've got these columns that they have had to have custom made uh, in China and shipped over. Um, and these columns are basically going to support the whole building and they're all at weird angles. And so what they want it is to be like almost like a park underneath a floating skyscraper. And it's going to be dope, man. Like from an engineering standpoint, it's like so difficult to do and like really like they didn't have to do it, you know, but they're doing it so that people can walk beneath the building and it doesn't break up that block. And, Where is uh, it? It's going to be awesome, man. I can't remember the name of it. Where is it? Um, it's like right as you head from your guys' building um, towards uh, Pike Place Market. So it's probably between 3rd and 4th on roughly like uh, – are you guys on U- – uh, yeah, Dude, it's probably I, around I like Union or Virginia. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. That's got to that's be, uh, be the one across uh, from like the Capitol Grill, right? Like it used to be probably. the, the Rainier Center or something and they just tore it oh, down. Oh, no, no, no. Not that You're one. talking about, so that building is going to be awesome. That one building is like a big ramp. So the University of Washington owns that property. Right. So that's the first one I mentioned. This one is down south, like three or four blocks from that. And it's all these pillars that are going to, like in V shapes, they're going to stand up like 100 feet. And then a skyscraper is put on top of them. That's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, man. Like that one I am excited. Those two buildings in particular I'm excited about. That's even, yeah. That I mean, that's just wild. Well, and then, right, it makes that other one look even uglier. Oh, dude, yeah, totally. I hate when people, when developers just kind of cheap out or try to maximize square footage. Like, it's almost like going to a festival and being the only person who's not dressed up. Like, you're going there so you can look at all the cool, crazy-looking people who are dressed up, but all those people have to look at you just in your, like, you know, your Dockers and polo shirt. And it's not fun. And so with those buildings, it's like they're leeching off the neighborhood of how cool all the other stuff looks and how vibrant it is, but just doing a straight cash grab of a rectangle building. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Dockers. Dockers. I was like, who the hell's wearing Dockers to a festival? Maybe some chinos. You know the kind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the other funny thing, too. Like, I don't know. Like, when you have these brand new hotels and stuff, like, you got to put in some kind of fancy restaurant, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like. Like, that sports bar at the Sheraton in Dallas, like, that to me was one of the more, like, kind of like, all right, this is cool. Like, it was a nice sports bar, but it was just a sports bar. Whereas I feel like hotels, like, like that giant one there, you're going to have something fancy, like, I don't know. It's going to have one name and no S. Yeah, dude, it'll be like Taste or something like that. Yeah. Have you been to Sport? Yes. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Sport, I will give Sport, here's the deal. Back in the day, sports food used to kind of suck. Uh-huh. All right. And Where then, is sport? Uh, right by the Space Needle. Yeah, by, Fisher like, Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my friends is a waitress there. Yeah, I know sport. Yeah. Fisher Plaza. So that place, when I first moved here, kind of sucked, right? Like, it was a sports bar, but, like, the food wasn't that good. And then John Howie, that company, took it over. So now, if you go there, man, like, the food is legit. Last time I was there, man, I had, like, a piece of sturgeon and, like, fresh greens. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> and they're burgers. Bill Simmons there. No sh- Yeah. No kidding. I don't think he got there. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice save. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, he was coming. He did a book tour after the book of basketball came out, and I read the whole thing and had him sign it. And yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, that guy's. I've I've liked him for a long time. It's crazy what he's, the the career trajectory he's been on. 
You know Over his the story. Last, like ten years. Yeah, he started in Boston. But he started in. You guys talk about Bill or John Howie? No, Bill, Bill Simmons. Simmons. Okay. But he started back in the day when like Yahoo was the main thing. They had like local people, and yeah. he was just like the local guy for Boston, and that's like how he started his career. Yeah, yeah, he's super good. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty funny. Uh, all right, we're talking about food. So July fourth, right? So the weekend before that. Uh, we've had Sal, Sober Sal on the uh, podcast before. Of course, he runs the Not Playing Stupid podcast. So I went down to his place. I guess technically it's Lacey. It was like North Olympia. So you know, you know how like you meet people and they're like, oh, you got to come to my house. It's super cool. We got a bar in the basement, blah, 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 right? Yep. No offense. Sometimes these people to me are kind of like it's nice, but like the opposite of like that. That's what Sal's house was. His entire goddamn basement is a sports bar. Also, they have central air conditioning. So as soon as I get there, I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like every beer, like any beer, liquor you could think of, sh- a full shuffleboard. Uh, How were the waitresses? Pool table. You know, the waitresses were pretty good. It was mainly just Sal running the bar. But he's got a foosball <laughs> nice. table down there, Three, I mean, three TVs. So I'm down there. I'm going to spend two nights down there, right? So Friday night, we go to a casino in uh, Yelm. Get all-you-can-eat crabs, which, of course, we're just crushing for hours. Saturday, we get up, and it's, like, the Saturday before July 4th, I don't know how it was up here in the city, but, I mean, it was kind of chilly. Like, so chilly, we weren't going to get in the water. I still went swimming. But, uh, <laughs> right, we went clamming on the beach. We caught a horse clam, and then his- Nobody would go. I went. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me, man. There's a body of water. I got to get in it. So, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, right? But I won't lie to you, man. It was chilly. Uh, and then his wife's, uh, Jessica's parents own like some cattle. So she made these burgers, which easily were the top, I'd say top three of cheeseburgers I've had. Matt knows all about this. I kept sending him yeah. pictures of all the food we were eating. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Top dude. three ever. Yes. Wow. I, I put my brother's friend, James is number one. I'm not positive what number two would be. Cause I've had some good ones in restaurants, but that burger was definitely top five. I'd say top three. Damn. Shout out to James. Yeah. Uh, Bringing that fire. <laughs> shout out to Jessica. So then, yeah, for real. So I'm trying to get to the point of where I almost died. So Saturday, we're having a blast, right? Uh, you know, we're drinking all day, this and that, but it's too cold. So nobody's going to go swimming. And then their other neighbors come over. We're hanging out all night. We played some kind of like dice game, but like you roll two little pigs. Oh, and, yeah. Dude, um, I can't think of the name of it. We played that at some family events. All right, yeah, so that was pretty fun. So the next day we get up, right, and we're hanging out. It's July 1st. It's Canada Day. We bang down a couple uh, Crown Royal shots. And then it's, uh, you know, Jessica's like, hey, I got these pedal boards. Cobb, have you been on a pedal board? A paddle board? No, pedal. Yeah, I own one. Pedal. You know, pedal. Oh, pedal board? board? Yeah. Sorry, you were cutting out. I have no idea what that even means. A pedal board? All right. Like a bicycle? On a, I can't even imagine. So it's like a paddle board, right? Except there's two, like, almost like a Stairmaster, like two little, like, up and down that you put your heels on. Does that make sense? Oh, dude, I've seen those things. Like, they fly if you're really cranking on them. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and maybe you've seen some people on lakes or glassy water. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sunday. We've already so what you're telling me is, is it's not as easy as the commercial. That's what I was on was the pedal board. And I mean, there's wind. We're cl- crossing. Uh, so I the smooth water. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, no. Like, we're going across. I mean, it's a pretty big distance we're going across, right? And I mean, once we get over there, like, we went over to see the seals, and I was like, we got to turn around. I can't steer this thing that well. I mean, Cobb, your boy, my PFD is dripping in sweat, right? <laughs> and it's still chilly out. And I mean, it is, it honestly, like, there was one point, I never tipped over because the pedal board is bigger, so you can stay, you could stay up. But, I mean, there was a couple times, like, the water came up over my ankles, and I was like, I'm going in this freaking drink. I like how you call it a PFD, because that makes you sound more official and qualified. It's like, it contrasts with the, like, I was out there, I didn't know what I was doing, I was getting my ass kicked, but I had my PFD, and it's like, okay, he's... He's legit. This is a good story. Yeah, that sounds like a guy a with a boating detail license. detail I noticed when you told me it last Tuesday. And I was like... Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, I love that he does that. with the, Yeah, because I was just calling life jackets. But when you say PFD, I'm like, this guy could be running the scuba class or something. I don't... Somebody got me into that He's, years ago, and I say it every time. It's so official. Like, personal flotation advice? Of course I'm on that PFD. Uh, 
But I swear to God, like, literally, Jessica comes in first and Sal's standing there. And her comment was, I think I almost killed Ted. <laughs> and then, so then, like, we get off and I'm like, like, do you guys always go that far? And she's like, well, we've only had him for a week. We've only <laughs> rode on him once. It was, it, it was pretty glassy. So then Sal just takes it out to, like, the buoy and back. And he's like, dude, that was tough. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, and that was my comment when I got back. Even though I was drunk, I was like, this is the soberest I felt all weekend. <laughs> uh, but after that, I mean, that's why I was just saying, like, I almost died. But, I mean, dude, it was awesome. We steamed clams on Sunday. I steamed some shrimp. We had s'mores. I hadn't had a real s'more on a campfire in forever. Like, And didn't you say you put Reese's on it instead of Hershey's? Yes. So it's like uh. a Hershey bar that breaks into squares, but it's Reese peanut butter. I cup. located them, by the way. Did you? I saw them, yeah. I hadn't seen I them. I should have brought them Saturday. Yeah, I hadn't seen them since we Sal had was campfires. The, Sal was the first person I saw that had them, but I was like, this is like a s'more on the next level. Yeah, that sounds amazing. They're yeah. more rectangle than square, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Same ones I saw then. But it was it was a very good time. Now, now Cobb, you said you almost died recently as well. Dude, yeah, today. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> wow. was it water involved? There was there was no water. All right. Um okay, so you got a picture like all right. First the, the lifestyle down here in Austin has changed me a little bit. So, you know, in Seattle, generally speaking, I mean, our saying on the scooters is safety third, but, you know, I usually like wear a helmet, have some shoes on, gloves, you know, at least the basics. So I've seen you in scooter, sandals. What's that? I've seen you in sandals. Shorts. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> down here we play it a little more fast and loose. <laughs> Um, so I was heading over to Barton Springs today, or I mean to uh, deep Eddie to go for a swim this afternoon. And, um, I had to change my hand grips because one of them where my throttle was, was like weirdly sort of slipping. So I ordered a couple on Amazon a couple of days ago, they show up and my buddies in the scooter club were like, yeah, just pull your old ones off, shoot a couple of shots of hairspray in there and slide them on and they'll stick. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like that's, you know, I've never done it before, but that sounds, sounds feasible. Right. All but, right. You got to remember two things about these new ones. They have a giant rubber piece, like right next. If you're gripping the handlebar, they have a giant rubber piece right next to your thumb on both of them. And apparently some people cut those off. Some people leave them. I left them. So I spray this hairspray in there, slide both of them on, go inside, kind of let it dry. But the thing is, the people who have been doing this all live in Washington, where it's much colder. So today is probably, oh. I don't know, 90. <laughs> yeah. So today is probably 95 degrees. So I roll out in my sandals, just my swim trunks, which are like the short European style ones, a tank top, no helmet. And I'm just cruising over to, the plan is to cruise over to Deep Eddy. So I get out on the road and immediately my left hand grip, so the right one is your throttle. So my left hand grip slips and I'm like, ooh. Okay, that's a little concerning, and I'm able to kind of spin it. So I'm like, well, whatever. I still got one hand grip. I got my brakes. I'm not going back to the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I get to uh, I get to West Austin, and I'm starting to get close. And I turn a corner onto kind of a main street, and I've got to pick up the pace. So I punch the throttle, and at that moment, that big rubber piece sticks. And all of a sudden I'm open throttle through the middle of downtown Austin and I can't shut it off. So I'm like cranking on this thing, trying to get it off and the bike's just picking up speed. Oh. So the cars around me are going 25, maybe 30. Your boy's hustling at 60 with a tank top. Are you serious? Dude. So it's pinned fully. So I like weave in and out of a couple cars. And at this point I'm hitting the brakes. And so I, I hit the brakes kind of easy, but I'm scared. So I like hit them a little harder than I would. And the bike lurches. Like when you hit the front brake, you almost feel like you're going to flip over the front. And so I hit it and I'm kind of like going on the brakes, but the throttle is full and I'm still going pretty fast. And so I'm like trying to work it. I'm headed up to a stoplight and like, right as I get to the stoplight, it turns green. Boom. I just punch through it oh. through a couple of cars. <laughs> and Jesus remember, I'm in Christ. sandals. Okay. Sandals, small swimsuit and a tank top. So, um, I'm mobbing and finally I'm just like, all right, like F this. And I just shut the bike off. There's like a little off switch and like cruise from 60 down to like 20 down to 10. And then right in front of like, uh, this really like, um, sort of like uppity Lululemon store. I just pull in hot and I'm just like cussing up a storm, turn off the bike, like just <laughs> like storm away from it. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that's how I almost died today, but I ended up okay. Whoa. 
Yeah, man. I mean, your oh, your heart must have been pumping. Oh, dude. Yeah. It it like I I haven't been like shook in a while, and it was like at least five six minutes before my pulse went back down. Cause like that red light, like if I had hit that, that's a four lane road coming the other way. We would not be doing this podcast. It's going to be five, six minutes before my pulse goes down. God damn. This would be a tribute podcast. (laughs) I mean, dude, that sounds scary as hell. Yeah, dude, it is pretty scary. It's kind of funny, though. Like, I mean, all things considered now, like, I laugh about it, but it was intense in the moment. So what was the difference? Just that it was hot? So it stuck more? So it it was hot, so the left one wouldn't stick. But then the right one, just because it was so far on and that rubber was really gummy. And so when I cranked it, there's a rubber piece right next to your hand. And that was sticking against sort of the main like throttle housing. And so when I was trying to turn that thing off, like I bent the whole throttle housing. That's how hard I was cranking on it to try to get that throttle off, like to the point where my mirror was like pointed the other direction after. But um, yeah, so I, it was a combination of things. It was the hand grips were a little bit too big. For one side, the hairspray wasn't really sticking because it was hot out, and uh, that big rubber piece probably needed to come off. I like the idea, too. People are probably just sitting in their cars like, who's this speed ass? Yeah. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was, a, it was a rush of the day. So, anyway, two out of three of us almost died this week. I like us living dangerously. Matt, wow. anything, anything happened no, to you over the floor? No, I feel so boring. I don't believe that. All the fireworks were pretty safe. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, you seem like a guy who took risks with fireworks as a kid. I'll say that. No judgment. Uh, even as an adult, I still love them. I just, it was a Wednesday this year. I didn't know what to do, like you were saying. So, and then oh, I, yeah, and you I had, had to work. work. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I went to Amsterdam. I can't be taking extra days off. I got meltdown coming up. Like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to be working around that. And, uh, yeah, so then... But people had fireworks at Ian's, but I would have had bigger ones and more of them if it was on a weekend. Yeah. I well, still I mean, love that... them. Like, I don't drink. I got to, like, get my rocks off some other way. And, you know, I already smoke weed all the time. Like, that's not going to make the 4th of July extra special. So, add fireworks. <laughs> I will say this Capitol Hill, man, July 4th, it went to, like, 233. Yeah. And then even on the fifth, man, because I think a lot of people had off the fifth. Like I want to say, I heard the last like Roman candle at one forty four a.m. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching them from the studios here, like all the non official ones. Yeah. And they were going late. Like I was still doing my show after midnight and seeing them go off and you know commenting on it. <laughs> well, that I mean that was the other thing I forgot. Like even though it was a Wednesday or whatever, like so uh, our buddy Dunk was in town. I was just trying to see if I can see right here from here. Oh. Uh, so Dunk and I, uh, hadn't seen him, but he was on the fourth. He was like, dude, I'll come by. I had like another buddy in town too. Uh, uh, Ben he used to work, you know, he used to work with us. His, his brother-in-law's in town. So on the fourth, like he came by Josh, we hung out and then Dunk showed up and we went up to Capitol Hill, like had a couple beers, but I mean, July 4th, it was so empty in the like early afternoon, evening, but man, by like six o'clock, like it was so, it was crazy. And I forgot, like, people party on the 4th, man. Yeah. Yeah, the morning almost, like, lulled you into a false sense of nothing is happening, you know? That's how it was here, too. Yeah, and I think a bulk of people had the 5th off. So, I mean, like, you know, partying on the 4th was no big deal. Yeah, honestly, I just kind of discounted how much uh, Texas loves America and how much people in Texas love guns and explosives. And so... Like the morning started out pretty chill and I was just like, okay, cool. It's just, you know, 4th of July, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, by the end of the night, I mean, this town was a war zone. We went to watch like the big fireworks around the corner from my house, the city ones. And uh, yeah, on our way home, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was like a war torn city. I mean, there was like, yeah, Roman candles and, and sparkler bombs and, uh, you know, what are those things called? Bottle rockets stuff like going every direction. It's fun. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I realized. Like that intersection where I'm at, even just from my little, uh, from the bunker. Like, you could see the Lake Union ones. I mean, people were just setting off around them. I mean, people just kept flowing over my building. Like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, they're just using the intersection to set off their own as we watch the other ones. Dude, I love that you're calling it the bunker now. That's the perfect name for your place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. Your boy, it's like just built into the mountain. <laughs> your boy had to get tough on somebody Friday. 
Like I'm uh, opening my blinds, right, to that main window. And I I look out there and some dude threw a pair of pants down on my patio. Oh hell no. Right? So I just, hell no. And Joe's sitting there, but he can't see. He thinks it's just one of I'm just like, hey, hey man, don't do that. And he turned now now granted, the guy had to be in his fifties and he's a street person, you know, a junkie. But he turns around and I mean, he was so shocked, Kyle. Like he had legit fear and he's like, Oh, I, I, I'll pick it up. Right? So now he's leaning over trying to pick them up, and I, like, throw open the blinds, and I'm, like, fidgeting with the door. I can't get it open. By the time I slide it open, he's like, uh, it'll never happen again. I was like, yeah, man, people fucking live here. <laughs> Goddamn right it won't. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty proud. It was funny. Right? I was like, eh, it's an older dude, but it still looked pretty tough. Uh, did you guys have good weather? We got slammed in the morning with, like, a biblical rainstorm. No, July 4th actually was like, it was a little oddly humid during the day. I mean, it's Seattle, so it was a little, I don't know, it was a little cooler, but the weather was fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had like probably eight inches of water fall in like 40 minutes. It was the hardest rain I've ever seen in my life. And then after that, things pretty much cleared up. Those those thunderstorms, like people don't understand if you don't live in like Texas or Louisiana. I mean, those things are ridiculous. They're so real. So real. Does it like flash flood in the city? Yes, dude, there was like six, I was telling Matt before we got on the cast, there was like six inches of standing water that we had to scoot our home through. I mean, that's the oh. thing is like, it's all impervious surface here because it's all limestone underneath the city. And so when it rains, I mean, just everything floods out immediately. There's nowhere for the water to go. Man, that's crazy. So even that night, the water was just standing around. Um, Yeah, by then, like, some of it is, there's still, like, water in the streets for sure, but, like, there's basically, like, a whole series of, like, concrete canals that they've dug here and, like, water management stuff, so it goes away eventually, but it's just, like, when that rain hits, it hits so hard and in such volume that it overwhelms the system for about, like, you know, three to six hours, where in Seattle... People think like, oh, the streets are wet, whatever, but there's not that much standing water. And here it's just standing. Like, like cars, as they're going through, it look like they're in like the Nissan test zone for the commercial. You know what I mean? Like water splashed up on both sides. Maybe like once or twice per season, you get that like insane downpour here, but it's only for like 30 seconds. But that's like what happens for a sustained period of time in these places, which, you know, those things where like, you just walked across the street and you're soaking wet and you and you know like you walk into a Seattle you see a Seattleite who's like used to this and they're like holy cow and you guys are like laughing at how ridiculously hard it's coming down but that happens right in like 30 second spurts once a year here yeah I was going to say and like then, in the fall we get those storms and you get a couple of those big ones but you're right that's rare whereas like where I grew up in the summertime you just get those thunderstorms and it rains torrentially. Yeah that's how it was even in New Hampshire when I went out there for the summer. Yeah. Um there's a couple of those and it was just like yeah you think coming from Seattle you'd be used to it but no it's a totally different experience. Yeah. It totally I mean I remember <clears throat> I remember the first girlfriend I had was from Edenclaw, right? And I mean, we—I took her back for a wedding, and there was a shout thunder- out to the claw. Shout out to the claw, and there was a there was a thunderstorm, and she was like, "I have never seen anything like this," you know, like when the lightning flashes and then the whole place rattles because of the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, I don't mind a good thunderstorm; they're kind of fun. Dude, we were staying. In Dude, like- I love a good one. I feel like Virginia has great ones too in the afternoon in the summer. I was gonna say DC, that whole DC, Virginia, like right, or oh, even yeah. like even like Orlando, any of that stuff. When I went mm-hmm. to New Hampshire is for like a summer school camp thing for you know f- ups and it like they had these like <laughs> most arm- people join the army to see the world man yeah, that's well, all the countries it, he got in trouble when he was a teenager yeah they uh but they had these like army type tents these like big canvas tents with like, right. a wood platform in there for two people and um when one of those storms hit like the wind was so crazy. And there was lightning, so they told us to get back to our tents. And then, but, like, the wind hit, and literally every, like, the entire camp's tents all came up at once. And you could just, like, see through, you could just see all these other, everyone else in their, in their tents because all the walls just flew up. It was insane. And, like, the lightning's coming in and rain's coming in sideways. And it was just, like, holy shit, this is an insane, like, yeah, you just don't get weather like that here. That's wild. Yeah, and you're right. Dude. You get once a year, Kyle, I'll just say, I've been sitting in that yurt before meditating, 
and it hailed. And that is so loud in a yurt. Dude, what I was going to say is you swap those canvas tents for a Costco carport and you basically have Ted my experience at Burning Man. <laughs> oh, in yeah. The light, in the lightning and rain for uh, dust. Uh, no lightning and rain. It was just like, yeah, yeah exactly. It was like being in a wind tunnel and someone's just throwing baby powder in front of it at 60 <laughs> miles an hour. And so like we had a Costco carport with Persian rugs. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> It was ghetto fabulous as hell, dude. I actually never really thought about that till right now, but that's some of the most ghetto fabulous stuff I've ever been involved in. Yeah, man. The first, I mean, the first few days, we we were the men, we were the guys. Oh yeah, dude, we were pimping it for sure, but it all went downhill pretty quick. Yeah, that'll happen, dude. We looked like refugees at the end of that. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> we looked. I mean, our, our place looked looked horrible. Like when you were just wiping dirt off your bed to go to sleep and not using your blanket because you just you wrapped yourself in your coat because it was too dusty. Like that, that was a real low point. Yeah, I kind of forget about that stuff sometimes. <laughs> like, right, like I had to scoop off like an inch of dust. Yeah, man, it was pretty ruthless. <laughs> I still, I know I've said it a hundred times, but still my favorite part is me and you, before, the day we drove in and we stopped at the store, like, should we get con- Like, dude, we have to get condoms. Right, like let's get <laughs> let's let's get the big Dude, pack of condoms. So right, to think about. right. We never even took the plastic off the box. So we, nobody got. Oh, dude, nobody we got didn't close even to kiss it. a girl. Like we didn't have a girl look at us for two seconds. Yeah, the oh, the best shot I had was the girl just power chugging fireball on like <laughs> on like day six, and it's like I'm not doing anything with anybody at this point. Oh Jesus, dude! Like how cavalier of us, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, thank man. God we didn't go down to my fucking dome. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That dome, Jesus Christ. We would have gotten eaten alive. We would have died. <laughs> uh, all right, Cobb, you got some emails for us? <laughs> yeah, I do. But in, telling, in, in saying that, I'm just realizing how much r- personal risk we take in our lives. Um, oh, okay. oh, you mean me, the servant on a paddleboard, going hundreds, you know, hundreds of yards through wind to go see some seals, or you just cruising through there? Yeah, like Burning Man. I I still say this all the time. Cobb is one of my best friends. Cobb is a very like a confident in a good way person. Like I remember, like three weeks before that, I was like, oh man, he's scared too. Like, what do, what do we do okay. now, right? And then when his mom goes, take care of him. Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it dude <laughs> uh, uh shorten this as much as i could but it's important uh, i wish Cobb could have made it to red fest but it was beyond awesome hanging out with the greatest podcast in all the land all the land I'm gonna send this directly through my email system as i fear my Cobb topic email about my embarrassing sex encounter was lost in the website I still have the text if you'd like to read it. Unfortunately, since uh, this exploited independent contractor, and happy about it, Ted, has to define capitalism and the free market <laughs> by relation. Uh, capitalism. Effectively, it's the absence of force in economics. In fact, the only system built on that principle. The basic tenets are respect property rights, produce value, and keep your contracts, meaning no fraud. Um, I give uh, an example. Uh, you have $5 and have a pilsner. Oh, you have $5 and I have a Pilsner. You want the Pilsner more than the $5 and vice versa. Therefore, we trade. There's a lot more to it, uh, particularly since almost every flaw attributed to it actually comes from the use of force via a government program or law, whether directly or through lobbying. uh, But I thought it best to start with some basic definitions around the same playing field. Nazis. Speaking of definitions, since it was brought up, uh, this is what people often liken to nationalism or tribalism. Uh, best way to address this, uh, the term Nazi is short for national socialism. Small hint, if you remember history, it wasn't exactly the national part that was the problem. Uh, foreshadowing. Uh, there's more than one reason so many people care about this topic, most of which, incentives aside, have to do with how people were raised along with several genetic factors. I'll explain further another time. It's a very important topic and is one reason why these arguments keep coming up. Thanks, and Ash sounds awesome. Hope to meet him one day. Bacon. All right. Are you guys still there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, thank you, Albino Matt, for the kind words, and glad you make it home. Made it home. I was a bit worried about you. Oh, nice. Hello to the greatest <laughs> podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. Hang on. How, was First, Albino Matt drive? He doesn't drive, right? I don't think so. No, I don't um, think no he yeah, he doesn't drive. Right. I'm not sure. Oh, by the way, real uh, quick, first, all the land, uh, our friend Jen, uh, I was having, we were sitting at the Buzz Inn in Arlington before we went to the party, having a couple snacks and a drink, 
and she said something and she was just about to say the phrase all the land but she's sitting next to me and i can see it in her eyes it's like she almost didn't want to say it she's like something like all the land i went all the land she's like i knew you were gonna say that and she's like it's not even like i listen every week but i knew you were gonna say that i did it today on the men's room nobody even picked up on it Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, first wanted to say, I love the way you guys cycle between stupid shit like donuts and then swing wildly to serious topics like the systemic problems in late stage capitalism. I just want to throw in my quick two cents about how the blue collar workers aren't getting theirs. I work for an aerospace repair contractor in Snohomish County, not Boeing. As a full-time employee making 26 bucks an hour, uh, I live with my mother-in-law because I can't afford to live on my own and I simply cannot afford to buy a house. There are burned out shells in Everett for 250K and mobile homes built in the 60s selling for 300K. I've been looking for six months in Cedro Woolley, Mount Vernon to find anything close to affordable and livable and haven't been succeeding. Uh, renting to save up for a down payment won't work because apartments cost the same as a, mor- as a mortgage right now. I don't know how people who work in retail or the service industry can afford to live on minimum wage in the state anymore. Uh, and before long, things are going to get much worse. Cobb, TLDR, I make $26 an hour and can't buy a home anywhere in Western Washington. Signed, Big Red Matt. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible. Yep. <laughs> know the feeling. Yeah. I, I mean... Here, here's my thing, right? And I, Bacon, I get, I don't get where you're coming from, but I thank you for writing in. But I'm just saying, like, and we, this is what I keep touching on is that, like, it's not like all these companies aren't making money. It just, it's not getting down to the employees, right? So, I mean, th- that's my whole point about capitalism. And also, Cobb, I didn't know that till you told me a couple of weeks ago, right? Like, when we talk about you got to look out for the investors and this and that, right? It's not like the guy, it's not like one of us that's got a few bucks in on some company. It's the giant hedge fund groups, you know? Yeah. I've, yeah. And everyone passes the buck. That's that's really the always. issue is a lack of responsibility, I think. And yeah. everyone is like, oh, well, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. But, yeah, capital has way too much power and labor has far too little, I think, right and now. And it's, like, it's almost like chic now to be like, I don't know. Like back in the day, it was okay. Like, you know, like you're a worker. Like you don't get along with like everybody in the company, right? But like nowadays, it's like you got to be best friends with everybody in the company too. And it's like, I don't know. It's weird to me. I was saying to somebody just the other day, I go, look, now granted, I always come from a different background, which is unions. But like that's whether or not you like unions or not, that was one of those things. If the union was going to get screwed, the guy stood there and said, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to I'm gonna shoot you straight. You know, he's not going to sit there and tell you about all the profits that are going on, but, but you don't get any. Yeah, so, I mean, I think and that's... try and drive culture. Right. Like, you know what would make me happier is money. It's business. Well, that's what I always say. Like, you're corp- quick to remind me. Right. And corporate America just takes the bad stuff from like the, the tech companies, right? And I always tell, you know, it's like, well, you know, whether it's the open seating spaces or this and that, it's like, right. But basically, if you work at Google, you're making six figures. Right. So those people are have a little different mindset when they go to work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I happen to do what I enjoy, so I I'm, I've come to terms with a lot of a lot of the way it is. But it's like, uh, yeah, it seems exactly what you're saying, where they take these things that work, where everybody's making six figures, and then try and apply it to places where people aren't making it, and it's like it's not working. People are not happy. Pay them more, or yeah, figure figure it out, but. Yeah, the the welfare of the employees is not being addressed. Right. Did I talk on the last podcast about how much it cost me just to get into Seattle? Is that what we were talking about? I don't know. No, no, no. Okay, I so, don't think we were. I think I think it was just me doing my normal bitch about corporate America and capitalism. Okay. Well, here's one thing to think about with how much the cost of just being in Seattle has gone up. So last time I was back, um, I stayed a night at my parents' house. I hop in my car and I go to drive into Seattle. So first, 75 cents to get on like the little express lane thing. I didn't have to pay that, granted. Come across the bridge, four bucks. Uh, park the car, and I didn't have to pay for parking because I have a pass, but it would have been you know like 25 bucks. Hop on the light rail, five bucks round trip to go downtown, come back on the light rail, back across the bridge and back up. So total to get into Seattle, just to get into Seattle for one meeting is like you know, 15, 20 bucks. And imagine if you're paying that every day, plus gas, plus depreciation, you know, plus the purchase price of your car, et cetera. Um, you're paying that every day and you have to pay for parking. Like, it's absurd. I mean, yeah. somebody who is making 
even 20 bucks an hour would work half of their day, you know, just to cover that and their food and their gas. And so it's just, it's crazy, man. It's, it's unsustainable. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it is, but also, you know, I don't know. It didn't seem like that bubbles popped in San Francisco yet. No. Yeah, dude. People are, a lot of people have left San Francisco. We actually have quite a few people in Austin from San Fran just because they were like, man, you make really good money, but you're not able to save any of it, you know? And that, a lot of restaurants there are having trouble getting staff, apparently, is like a big thing. And so they've had a couple of fine dining restaurants open that you actually um, serve your own food. Like oh, you go and like, pick it like up, counter. it's like diner style. Yeah. Well, that's what I always say, too. And it's like, you know, I, I, I know people can sit down and break numbers and, you know, want to argue with me. But I always say if the people who run your city, i.e. your bartenders, your waiters, your door people, your Uber, like if none of them can live in your city, you have an issue. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And Seattle is only going to get worse. I mean, we're headed in the wrong direction. All right. We're fired up. Another email. <laughs> Actually, that's it. I want oh. to end on a positive note. <laughs> I want to end on a positive note. Uh, all right. I left out of some of my weekend because I was with Matt. So let's check in with what's Matt. Hey, hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out with what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out with what's happening. Before I get to this past weekend, hi, Cobb. Uh, <laughs> Did he have to click back he in? He turned his camera on real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, two weekends ago, because we were off, um, I just wanted to say how awesome Woodshed is. We talked about seeing him at Red Festival, but the weekend, two weeks ago, they threw their first ever Shed Fest Oh yeah, Stanwood, up in the woods, and it was so awesome. It was so cool. How far was that from where we were at? Um, shoot, maybe six miles, seven miles. No kidding. Maybe one exit further down I five. All right, but it was super cool. Um, and yeah, I was just super proud of those guys. I love them, and it was it was really cool to see you know vision that hunters had for a while come to fruition. Uh, and so that was a ton of fun that weekend. I also saw window pane the night before and devils hunt me down the night before that. And I was thinking how much easier it was when I had them all play the same show for my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun house, crocodile up to freaking Canada for shed fest. (laughs) Up to Canada. Three days in a row. But it was all worth it. So that was awesome. I love those bands and, um, yeah, I love the people in them. So, uh, and then this past weekend, it was pretty eventful as well. Uh, Friday night made some wings. Um, Tyler and I had some friends over and, you know, went out in Ballard for a little while and just kind of hung out. And then the wing king. They're good. Uh, we got some new sauce at the farmer's market that we tried. This like jalapeno or habanero mango or something. I don't know. All right. It, it's, it was good, but we still made the classic uh, buffalo as well. Attaboy. So, so, yeah, it was great. And then uh, the next morning i went out to bigger ground um fitness in renton and went to a coaching workshop uh led by martin rooney from training for warriors he's an awesome dude that really just fired me up and had a lot of great insights and advice and uh yeah it was a cool way to spend a day and yeah had had some fun but it was you know just sitting there getting fired up about what i do felt good and then after that, went out to Easy Street Records in West Seattle to see the Gemini at their in-store performance. That was the second time I've seen them, and they were so cool to see live. Um, and it was a ton of fun. Our our friend Ernie, who's been on the podcast, Ernie Sapiro, great photographer who also does cage sport, was there. Yeah, of course. And so he was there. He was up on like the, the loft up there, and he's got this picture of like, – he's got a bunch of pictures from up there of the whole crowd, but there's one where I'm like – turned around looking at him because I just kept looking around and like checking it out. The windows are open. So there's people out on the sidewalks dancing and it's all nice out there. And there is just a cool vibe. So I kept turning around to look and I kept looking over at Ernie like, God, that guy's so fucking cool. And then he got a picture of me like looking, looking at, looking him, at him. He has him in the process of like, so this like dumbfounded <laughs> smile on my face. Like this is so cool. Um, but yeah, so that was a super fun time. And then uh Saturday night after that, Keep in mind, I slept like 
not at all, basically, Friday night. And then really? Saturday night. Did you get a well, nap in? Not really. All right. A <laughs> um, right. little bit. Yeah, but I was, was just, yeah, interrupted sleep. Uh, <laughs> so I, but I didn't care, you know? Like, And what was funny was during the thing at, at uh, Vigor, coaching greatness thing, Martin Rooney kept like saying, like, you guys are fitness professionals. You got to be getting your eight hours of sleep. And I was like, ah, <laughs> listen, man. <laughs> I'm also the wing king. Yeah, I'm a busy guy. And, I, you know, it's I'm not I'm aware of the health effects of not sleeping well. Um, and but I'm also willing to take my chances for the awesome stuff that I cram in when I'm not sleeping. I'm, I didn't. Stay up all night on Instagram, two nights in a row. Um, but the hey, second night, call. so the second night, I, I don't watch much Netflix, you know. But the second night, I got up into uh, Camp Cash, our lovely Terrans, uh, awesome property, and back up Stanwood. Yeah, back up in Stanwood. So that's three weekends in a row that I went to festivals that my friends threw. For the yeah, I mean, I can't explain that enough. Like, Brad and Taryn threw a festival. Yeah, I, I told you, I was like, I mean, I guess if you wanted to call it a small or a giant party, you could, but I'd say it felt much more like a smaller festival. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were joking. Like this When there's like, multiple DJs, I feel like it crosses over, you know? There was an EDM DJ that had a girl singing on it, a platform. And a ska band. And a ska band, right? There was other DJs. And other bands. Yeah, so it was definitely. That's a, a festival. And it was a ton of fun. So we got there later, but it was still, the sun was setting as we drove there, and the sun was rising as we drove home. (laughs) It was, right, and they had, like, they had their regular fire, then another giant fire pit. I mean, people had RV, I mean, some people had been there, were already, like, probably already passed out by the time you got there. Yeah, yeah, I never saw Nolan once. Yeah. um, But I saw pictures that confirmed he was there at some point. But, uh... Yeah, it was super cool. Went up into that uh, that little tent hammock thing that was like elevated that you had to like it was way up in the trees and you had to climb the ladder to go on. Oh, yeah. That was super cool. Um, yeah, my girlfriend's terrified of heights and so that was pretty intense for her. I was very proud of her. Uh, that was cool and uh, that was a ton of fun. And yeah, we just kind of saw everybody and man, it was it was super cool. I, our friends Jesse and Jamie are about to have a baby, so it was super cool talking to them about that. And yeah, I hadn't seen Jen in a while. She's up from Oregon, and so yeah, it was it was great to see everyone. Um, yeah, basically the, the whole meltdown crew was out. Brad, I mean, Willard Brad was there. The, yeah, Willard was there. We were missing Lance, but Brad, the meat man, was spinning fire. I've never seen him do that before. But like, I and know he cooked some meat. And he cooked some good burgers and stuff beforehand too. Oh, cool! I missed those. Yeah. I believe it though. But yeah, I I. I've seen people sp- – the first time I saw people spin fire was out at the falls with him. And he's like, yeah, dude, spinning fire is dope. But he didn't do it yet, and he's been learning. And this is my first time seeing him. And I was like, dude, that was awesome. He had a giant f- sword. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a wild night. It was a lot of fun. We had t- they had two fires going, Yeah, one giant, one smaller, uh, music the whole time. And, yeah, all sorts of lit up trees and trails and – yeah, we were walking, we were hanging out at camp, we were checking out music, we were hanging by the fire. It was, yeah, it was a great, great time. Well well done, Taryn. Holy cow. <laughs> what about you? You were there, too. I, was it, that a- it was unbelievable. It was so much fun. I was telling Kyle before the podcast, even just, like, during the day, like, sitting up on the deck with, like, the rest of the Taryn's family, like, BSN, because, like, they don't all know all the Meltdown people, but it was just a good time, man. And, like, everybody there was having fun. One of Dawn Marie's friends, I guess, and this is going to sound a little bad, but this lady, Mary, her husband had passed away about a year ago, right? And she was in perfect health and this and that. But I guess basically the husband passed away. She, you know, obviously you're going to take that hard. So she now is walking with a walker or with a like kind of a cane. But she basically hadn't been out of her house in like a year. Oh. So Dawn Marie was like, hey, this is kind of like a big deal. Like, you know, like. So you know me, I'm chit-chatting with her, and I'm holding a six-pack of those damn uh, hard soda waters, <laughs> right? So this lady hasn't been in the house, haven't had a drink in forever, and she's. we keep talking about it, and finally, you know, I'm like, do you want one? And she's like, yeah, like, you sure you don't mind? And I'm like, of course not. And then uh, I forget, who made the koozies? Jen. Jen made the koozies. Yeah. So, Cobb, they had branded Camp Cash koozies. 
So Yeah, I saw a photo of one, man. I'm so jealous. By the way, I'm back on Matt's team wearing cargo shorts again. Yes. So this lady hasn't been on our house in a year. I break out a hard soda water for her, put it in a koozie. Like, here you go. <laughs> and then, like, I saw her, like, when she was leaving. I guess she had, like, another drink or two. But she was like, we had so much fun, this and that. Like, it was, it was just, I, you know, I will say this. I don't know. It, it, hanging out with Taryn and Brad is just a fun time, man. They put out good yeah. vibes. I mean, Taryn's all family. I mean, I love them, man. I, I love hanging out with them. It, it was a really good time. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, you, it's... All right. Have you heard? Did I tell you the, the awkward thing? No. All right. So is this the place for it? Yeah. Uh, Good. Taryn Do told it. that story about about us one time in her house, right? Yeah. All right. So I don't mind telling the story. Okay. So Cobb and Matt will attest to this. Taryn's a very good friend of mine, but you know, Taryn and I are pretty close, right? And Brad gets it. Everybody, right? It's not a it's not a big deal to be at a party and see like me and Taryn like cuddling or like holding on to each other, right? So we're a cuddly group in general. Cuddly group in general. So I walk out of the house, right? So I go over to the big fire, and there's I see Brad sitting there, right? And there's a girl sitting next to him. Kind of looks like she's like, you know. So I just assume it's Taryn, uh, yeah. right? And cop, I walk up behind her, put both hands like kind of like gently on her shoulders, and say something like, "Oh, hey, bud, you know I always got your back," and kiss her on the head. <laughs> Right, and I'm still kind of rubbing her shoulder a little bit as she turns around. And I realize I have no fucking idea who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> and she says something like, "That was very nice," but like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "Oh man, I thought you were somebody else." And then finally, I'm like, I, "Was it his daughter?" I think it maybe was Brad's sister. I don't know who it was. Finally, I just <laughs> said like, "You were sitting next to Brad," and Brad luckily like backs me up like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He thought you were Taryn. Like, don't sweat it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still not positive. Who, but I mean, I felt so awkward. The creeping coyote. Oh man, I don't know. I man. Also, I didn't live up to my name that night. I went to sleep relatively early compared to everybody else. Yeah, you were not. We were looking for you in the darkness. You were out before the sun came out. Yeah, which is. Very rare. Yeah. I mean, if goddamn Taryn was like, oh, we need jammies. You going to sleep? Well, we always say that, but we also really, we're summer people. So these nights that we say, like, I say it was up to, and it was like five. Like, I don't know how, yeah. you, you know, like some, sometimes you think of sun, the sun, co- sun comes up at nine in other parts of the year, which is a totally different ball yeah. game. So great call. Yeah. yeah I will say that. The days are short when we're, when we're thriving together. So. It is amazing how early the summer, how early the sun comes up in the summer around here. Yeah, and how late it goes down. But it's crazy how like just a little bit of cloud coverage, and then you can't actually see it, and it'll add like thirty. It'll take it'll shave like thirty, forty minutes off in either direction, just if yeah. there's clouds out versus when it's clear. Um, I noticed that because I, it's the time of year where it's light as I'm signing off on when I'm finishing up my show, and it's so cool to watch the sun come up over the horizon. And then some days there's clouds. I'm just like, mother. Mm. <laughs> no, it was a great time. Solid weekend. Yeah. Awesome and I got time. to stop in the buzz in. Always a plus. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, is it about that time? Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. All right. So a couple weeks ago, I was out um, on a run. There's this trail that goes around a river that runs right by my house and runs right through the center of the city. So. I'm out on this run. It's kind of late. And uh, all of a sudden I see all these like glowing orbs, like a bunch of different colors, like green, blue, orange, red. And I swear to you, my first thought for like a quick second was extraterrestrials. But they're out kind of like hovering over the river. And so I was like, all right, I got to investigate. So I go to like kind of down the, um, what's it called? The embankment down to the river's edge. And I look out and it's all these women in tight yoga pants and sports bras on paddle boards that have neon attached to the bottom of them. And the neon is so bright that it shines and lights up the whole river. And there's a bunch of the, there's like probably 60 of them, right? So the whole river is lit up. It's really cool. I was like, damn, like that looks awesome. I want to do this. So I go and look it up later and it's called like glow paddle boarding or something like that. But, um, the thing is like, it's expensive. It's like 50 bucks to go and do this thing. And that's for one paddleboard. And of course I was thinking like, Oh, that'd be a great date, you know, take somebody out. Like, you know, that'd be a cool thing, but you know, pretty expensive. And so it just kind of got me thinking about like hobbies and how expensive some people's hobbies are. And I was thinking like, so I go, I work out at a climbing gym down here and I was thinking about getting some climbing shoes 
And then like, you know, I went and played soccer the other day with a bunch of Mexicanos and, uh, my soccer shoes are kind of destroyed. So I was like, man, I need some new soccer shoes. And I was just thinking about like, I don't know how much we spend on our, on our hobbies and how vastly it changes. Like for soccer, you pretty much just need a pair of shoes, you know, no big deal and you're good. But there's some, some hobbies that are crazy expensive. And so, you know, like deep sea fishing, if you have a boat and all this stuff, whatever. So anyway, I was thinking about like that compared with like, um, Frisbee golf. And basically the cop topic this week is what would $150 get me in your hobby? So feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com or oh, hit us man. up on the Twitter machine $150. at the podcast two E's. What would $150 get me in your hobby? I, I was just going to tell Cobb how, how our, the look that we shot each other when he's like, and then there's these girls in yoga pants and sports oh, bras. We were so excited. Like my neck still hurts from how quick it snapped to look at Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like some weird like paddleboard nighttime yoga thing. Oh man! Yeah, I'm just imagining this now. I'm like, God, I know it's hot as hell. But, like Texas sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I used to snowboard. That's a pretty expensive hobby too. Because what's a lift ticket? Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Snowboarding is pretty expensive. I honestly, Ted, I thought your hobby was going to be tailgating. I was going to say, t- yeah, that's what I first saw. You buy a bunch of Miller Lite with 150. And like, tail, all right, so here, let's talk about the two things you were just talking about, right? Like, like with, you know, if you're playing, you play indoor soccer, right? You need a pair of shoes, maybe a pair of shinnies. Yep. And then, uh, so that's like the cheap end. So if you're just tailgating and not going to the sporting event, that's the cheap end. Now, if you want to go to the sporting event, then the hobby gets more expensive because you got to pay for tickets. Yeah, uh, dude. And the same way with soccer, you know, like a bag and water bottle and shin guards and socks and special shorts and, you know. Same thing. Me. League feet. What is that? Lately, my hobby's been swimming. All right. Which could get me, I believe, 30 swims. I think it's $50 for a 10-swim punch card, and they're $550 if you pay individually. And so you save 5 bucks if you buy them ahead of time, which I'm probably going to need to do now that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Um, but I swim now. I was thinking, yeah, I'm a swimmer. Uh, and then, but I was also thinking about hockey, which I got to get my gear cause we have storage now. It's just been at my parents for, since I lived in Seattle and I barely play, but, um, I can, if I keep my gear in Ballard, that'll be, that'll be a game changer. And, uh, 150 bucks. I mean, if you're talking new equipment, like I think there's a glove. Yeah. Like I'll hockey. Go- yeah. I'll say hockey's expensive as hell too. Yeah. Maybe a pair of shin, shin pads. Um, Certainly, I don't think you could. You might be able to find some helmets there. Um, certainly, no skates. Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe if you went used, I don't think you could get on the ice for one fifty if you go used. Because I went used when I first started playing ice hockey. I'm pretty sure, including the skates, it was like closer to three hundred for head to toe used gear. Yeah, what's a puck cost? Ooh, maybe. Three ninety nine, five bucks, something like that. I mean, I would say I would think like slow pitch softball. Like once you like, like the bats are expensive, but if you have one, you're probably using it for a year or two, right? Yeah, well, that's how I feel about my hockey gear. Like, because I ended up getting all new stuff. Like, I haven't played a lot in a while, and I still don't regret having it or buying it because I love that I have it and I can go play hockey anytime I want. I, it's just more my schedule, and for a while, is not having the gear with me, having it out of my parents. But I, I'll change that next time I go over there. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, that that actually kind of a tougher question than I expected. <laughs> like, it depends on what the hobby is. Yeah, dude, exactly. That's why uh, it's just. I'm just curious. I was like, say you can, you know, you can get ounces for 150 around these days. Yeah, and I mean, look, if you <laughs> if you play cards, that might be one hand. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Seriously. Damn. Speaking of uh, playing cards, I was texting with Yev the other day. He's still out there grinding it. Yeah, down uh, for the World Series in Vegas. Yeah. Really? Cool. Well, I started, like, the last week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch some of the World Series of poker because I was like, we have a friend playing. Yeah. And then uh, it's just insane. There's so many people that do it now. Like, day one takes, like, four days. So they're like, you're watching day four of the tournament, but we're still on day one. Huh. It's like, damn. All right. 
Yeah, there's a ton of runners. Yeah, well, like they were saying, like, you know, like they're like, it's kind of complicated now, but they're like back in the day, like, you know, for me, until I saw maybe the movie Rounders, like I never even heard of Texas Hold'em. Yeah. So the idea of that World Series of Poker, like I, I had no idea what was going Took on. off. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's like six I, weeks long now, too. I mean, because there's a bunch of different events. You know, the main event's not that long. And there's a ton of events and side action. It's become less, uh, like, for a while it, like, popped up big and everybody was, like, talking about it. I feel like it's faded a little bit now from maybe, like, the public, the public eye. But it's still way it's still grown since then like people are still into it from then and yeah it's it's got a huge following i'm just i just don't pay as much attention to it as i used to but yeah it's it's crazy like i have some other friends that play poker uh but i think moneymaker changed it too right like when chris moneymaker came along and it was like a guy that you know, basically, he he went online and got into the tournament. And then he won the whole thing. So I think between that yeah. and rounders, like it just took off. You're right; it's not as popular as it was, but I think it is still pretty popular. It's still, yeah, it's still just it it blew up with that, and it's still massive compared to what it was before that. Yeah. Um, the big collapse though is Black Friday. I don't know what that is. Referred to in the poker world as Black Friday, basically like a bunch of the um, one of the main sites. Um, got seized by the U.S. government because you weren't allowed to gamble online, and they in, in, introduced some legislation where, yeah, basically all the sites stopped allowing U.S. users, oh, and that yeah. curbed a lot of U.S. interest for the sort of casual players and sort of set in some hard times for the professional poker players out there. Mm. You're right. I completely forgot about that, dude. And I will say this. It's frightening when you go to a website that's got that FBI thing on there. Because yeah. I remember when they closed all those <laughs> sites, it's like, holy cow. What yeah. sites are you going to, Ted, that are getting closed by the FBI? The poker sites. <laughs> Duh. Duh. That's what we're talking about. All right. There you go. <laughs> uh, by the way, I will say uh, hopefully everybody's staying diligent out there, having a good Diligence. summer. Diligence. Uh, next week, we will have an uh, Anthony Freight Train Hamilton. Uh, he's a former Ooh, heavyweight whoa, cool. uh, champ down a cage sport, and then he went up to the UFC and had a few fights. So now he's coming back down. Uh, Cage Ford hasn't had, this will be Cage Ford 52, July 21st, by the way, at the Emerald Queen Casino. Cage Ford hasn't had heavyweights bang in a while. So it's Hamilton and then our old buddy Matt Kovacs. So I'm like, I was already texting with Kovacs. Like, he's like, oh, we're going to stand there and bang. And kind of, I know Kovacs hates getting on the ground. So I mean, I should be a good slug match. But we'll have Hamilton in here. He's a real cool dude. And uh, I interviewed him a few times in the cage. I'm interested to see uh, what he has to say and how his week's going. But that'll be cool next week. Is that not? Is that going to be on the twenty first? Correct, Saturday the twenty first. So if you're uh, interested in seeing some big boys bang, man, get those tickets now. I think you can get them at Ticketmaster for the Emerald Queen Casino. Okay. But either way, we'll have Anthony Hamilton on next week, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. It's summertime. Hopefully, everybody's out there enjoying life and uh, you know staying diligent. All right, for uh, for MCTP for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. It's the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>